Guys, did you hear that? Dracula <laughs> is in the house. Dracula is in the house? Dracula is in the house. In the house. And the that house? means it's time to record an episode of Dracula's Curse, the podcast <laughs> where the three of us are cursed to watch every Dracula movie that has ever been made. Yeah, Harrison, Good I can't opening. believe you gave us all your curse. Your curse that yeah. you had personally, you spread it to us like a disease. I did. And now we all must watch every Dracula movie. Right. It's like um, some sort of mimetic virus. Cognito hazard. SCP. Mario, I don't know about you, but... Among us. A couple of nights ago, I woke up and Harrison was standing over my bed and I couldn't move. Mm. I was frozen there and then he leaned over... And he whispered in my ear, Dracula's curse, Dracula's curse, Dracula's curse, Dracula's curse. curse, 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 curse. And and ever since then, everything's been, everything's, everything's changed. Have you always had those two little marks on your neck? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this is a podcast where we have to watch every Dracula movie that's ever been made or else something's going to happen to us. Something. Um, I'm Harrison. I started watching every Dracula movie ever made over three years ago. I've seen, as of today, 155 Dracula movies. It's not fun, is the thing. Is it's not fun. There are some very good movies, uh, some average movies, and maybe like 125 really, really, really bad, bad movies. Because the thing is, Dracula is a public domain character. You know, any old guy can go out on the street, film a Dracula movie, and most of them are just the worst. So look forward to that. Look forward to us talking about a lot of really bad movies. I'm Harrison. Uh, To my left here is... uh... That's me. That's I'm, I'm on your left. Because yep. we're all together, hanging out around this big Dracula table. Yeah, um, we actually have a big Dracula We're all room. hanging around a big table, hand in hand. Yes. Uh, like, rubbing yeah. each other. Yeah, why is your hand oh. so sweaty? Ah. Uh, who, who are you? What's your name? <laughs> I'm Desmond. Um, Hi, Desmond. I, I, I also make art that you probably can't find if you're listening to this, so good luck with that. But yeah, um, and then this other this other fellow over here, I point at you. Oh, me. Yeah, I, I'm I'm also on your left. We we kind of have a circular thing going. I'm I'm Mario. Hello, Mario. I, I make videos on theme parks. So Hello, Mario. Uh, I figured I'd, I'd go ahead and talk. Logical about next step. Logical. Next yeah. <laughs> kind of similar. I, well, I guess there is Dracula coming to the epic universe. But anyway, yeah, Dracula. And he that's has the, the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland. That's his house. He actually lives there. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the, Dracula's <laughs> Haunted Mansion, the name it's of the secrets Disney doesn't want you to know. Uh, once, uh, once the Frankenstein ride is like, uh, 
like complete at Epic Universe. We do like have to like ride the ride because I assume <laughs> Dracula is going to be on it and then review yes. that for the show because that's basically a movie more or less. Yeah, sorta in ma- in many ways. Dracula's Curse Con 2024. <laughs> so today might be a bit of a longer episode. Usually we're just going to do one episode. I saw what uh, usually we're just going to do one movie per episode, uh, but. We want to give you, our loyal listeners, our many fans, sort of a taste of what Dracula is all about, the highs and the lows of Dracula. So today's going to be a little longer. We're going to talk about two movies, which I don't think... Yeah, a pairing, if you will. Like wine and Mm -hmm. cheese. Yeah. This is just for our loyal fans who have been listening since the beginning about uh, four minutes ago. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, just you guys. If you made it this far, our special treat for you is that we're going to talk about a Dracula movie. <laughs> which uh, I don't think if we I don't think we decided which one we wanted to start with. Do we want to start definitely with Dracula? Definitely Dracula. Definitely the, yeah, the, yeah. the original. That's okay, the classic. The Dracula you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to start with the doggies. You don't want to start with the doggies. No, okay. I don't think we should start with the doggies. I think we should start with a classic. You know, I'll lead us in. In fact, let me wait for this plane to go overhead. I'm gonna read my little blurb. Oh yeah, that, that that plane's really annoying. I'm looking at it too from our our Dracula room. <laughs> yeah, in, in with our glass yeah. ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I feel like we should have mentioned we're not just watching every Dracula movie; we're talking about them. That should go without saying. <laughs> but this is this is a podcast <laughs> where we talk about the Dracula movies. We're not really film critics, <laughs> not really film historians. Um, I did go to film school. I did do my time, uh, but you know, I'm not, not Roger Ebert over here, but we will talk about the movies and discuss them. This podcast will actually just be us telling you that we watch the movies and then that's <laughs> it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to read my thing. Dracula, 1931, directed by Todd Browning. Dracula is the story of a Transylvanian count who moves to London and has a very difficult time adjusting to their big city ways. For example, sucking the blood of the living is very gauche. When Dracula (coughs) picks the beautiful Mina Seward as his next victim, it's up to Dr. Van Helsing to help her doubting fiancé and doting father to find Dracula and drive a stake through his heart. I just wow. don't approve of this Transylvanian agenda coming to, you know, our our decent cities and families. I mean, that's kind of like a subtext of the movie, you know. Yeah, like the I, I say foreigner. that I, I'm just a little tongue in cheek. Right. Well, I think we'll get into like how this movie fits into culture later, maybe. Um. So, did you guys see Dracula? He was there. He was in there. Do you guys catch Dracula, the movie? You guys saw that one? Hey, I don't know. I don't know if this came across, but I did watch both Dracula movies back to back right before we recorded. I think with <laughs> I about 30 minutes to spare. Yeah, I yeah. kind of felt so, that. That's what you were They doing. are very fresh in my mind. <laughs> cool. Yeah, we're starting with Dracula. It's the classic. Um, it's n- not technically the first Dracula movie, but it might as well be. Um, Mario, what were your in- uh, thoughts on Dracula? Let's not get too deep, but what's how do you feel about the movie? What was the vibe? What what would you mm. you know? How would you review it right now? Yeah, so I, I've had uh, some previous Dracula experiences. Uh, I've I've watched some other Dracula movies, etc. Um, 
So, like, you know, Dracula is sort of like a, a familiar character in the mythos. So trying to, like, go back into the mindset where Dracula is not a thing and this is kind of like the first Dracula, uh, it's a little hard. So honestly, like, watching it today, I was, like, just kind of, like, bored by it, honestly. Um, <laughs> it's it's a good movie. Uh, there's a lot of things I like about it, but it's it's also just, like, not particularly strong in any aspect i would say wow i totally disagree i complete i could not disagree more with you um okay i've seen this movie a bunch of times and i mean i i don't love old movies because i find the pacing of them just to be a little like unfamiliar and stiff to me just you know with my with my zoomer millennial brain or whatever i guess Mm. um but i really liked um obviously i think that the pacing of the movie is it's like it matches a lot of movies of its time but the first like 20 minutes in my opinion is like kind of self-contained and works for me as like one of one of my favorite little short films Mm. like the beginning Mm. where you get you know renfield in the carriage riding up to the little hungarian town Mm. he gets warned about this folk monster by the people who live there and he's like hey dude whatever you're probably just full of superstition anyway and he gets this like creepy carriage driver who takes him the rest of the way and it's just this big bat on a string it's awesome oh Um, yeah and then we get the dracula reveal and he comes down the stairs and he's just sexy then when he walks (laughs) back and he passes through the cobwebs with that little camera trick um, I actually didn't notice that the first time I watched it, but I picked it up again, um, like the second or third time and seeing it and expecting it, uh, was very cool. Like just, and, and like you catch Renfield's reaction. It's just a little bit of like, what? But he, you know, he just, he cuts it with his sword. He goes up and he, he goes into the chamber. I think he, he has the classic, like, I don't think he has a sword, but, but yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. He has sword. his implement, his, his right. web disposing implement. And, you know, they go up to his room and they get all cozy and you get the classic line as Dracula's pouring him, like, the really, the the very old vine. And he goes, oh, well, aren't you going to have something yourself? And he goes, I never drink vine. Yeah, I soy face so hard every time he says that in any adaptation. (laughs) It's 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 really classic. I just, I like, I like a lot of the tricks that they do. I like the writing. Mm -hmm. I think it's very quotable. I like how... When we see Dracula's face, there's always this eerie light on his face and his yes. eyes. Great um, lighting. I think mm-hmm. I think it's a very effective, a very like classic little like touch. Um, I I liked it. I I thought it was very thoughtfully done. Um, and yeah, the bat on the string also yeah, it just is awesome. There's he he's, he carries the movie. Yeah. That on the string is good. I can't disagree with that. Yeah, I like this movie quite a bit. I liked it more than Mario for sure. Um, I don't. I. I'm. Maybe I love it. I don't know if I go that far, but I do maybe like. I it love quite Dracula. A, I, I maybe know. I love Dracula. Maybe. Uh, maybe I want to kiss him. <laughs> Just a little uh, right on his. Maybe, big maybe I want to take him when I'm pregnant. Um, <laughs> whoa! whoa. <laughs> uh, what was I gonna say? <laughs> I do like Dracula quite a bit. Uh, yeah, I, I've, Desmond, you're right. That intro is just so good. The first like 15, 20 minutes. And in the book as well. That's just like that opening vignette is just like uh, like a perfect ghost story. Like a perfect yeah. sort of gothic ghost story. And in all, all of the like less good Dracula adaptations, that's always the best part. Uh, either Renfield or Harker uh, getting invited to Dracula's castle and 
bad things happening to them. It's always so good. Rest of the movie I like as well. The plot structure doesn't always super work for me. They skip around a lot. Like, they skip big chunks of the story. And, Mario, you mentioned that Dracula was new back then. That's not exactly true. Dracula wasn't as big back then as he is now. Uh, but he was a very popular character. There was a very successful Broadway play just a few years earlier. Oh. Um, he had been a big character since the book was written. You know, he was always very popular. So people knew about Dracula. And I think the movie almost kind of assumes that you know about Dracula, I think. Because it, yeah. it does skip things. We never see uh, Lucy, like, attacking people when she's a vampire. Like, we just skip to Mina talking about this. Uh, this interaction that she had with Lucy, we never see any of it, which that might also come from the fact that this is adapted from the earlier play and they probably didn't show that scene in the play. Uh, but it's just, um, that's the main thing that doesn't work for me in the movie, just how it's, it's, uh, it leaves almost too much to the imagination. I think it skips like in between scenes, like, uh, a woman dies and we don't we don't ever have the scene of the cops like, hmm, I wonder what those two bite marks are. We should call an expert mm. on this. No, it just skips straight to Van Helsing showing up, right? Yeah. I do think Van Helsing's arrival in the story feels random. Like the yeah. the transition to the um the family that runs the sanitarium feels a little disjointed. I think that's Seward's, why it feels yeah. like it feels like a vignette. Um, up until the end where we get like Renfield at the bottom of the stairs, that all feels like one story. And then it feels like right. we go to this entirely different story. I, sure. it's, I found that very jarring the first time, first few times I watched it. Part of that is that now I don't know in the play if it's Renfield who goes to Dracula's castle in Transylvania or not. In the movie it is. In the book it is Harker, Mina's fiance. And so oh. Dracula learns about Mina through that. And that's why he goes to the Sewards because he's fallen in love with Mina just by seeing her photograph. Well, not necessarily fallen mm. in love with, but he's chosen to make her his victim. Um, in this, Rinfield goes there. Rinfield has no connection to the Sewards, except that he ends up in their sanatorium. I guess that's how they explain that. But yeah, it kind of feels like uh, Dracula just randomly decides to meet Dr. Seward and Mina. And it's it's strange. Uh, so, yeah, there's little things like that, like little plot points that it kind of skips through and doesn't explain very well. And that's like my biggest issue with the movie and kind of what keeps me from really liking it. But I do like it quite a bit. It's beautifully shot. Bela Lugosi's great. The faces <sighs> he makes, he's just so <sighs> expressive. Oh, um, yeah. He's so good. The things he does with his mouth and eyebrows. Oh, man, he's great. Tell me about it. <laughs> Before we get in too deep, um, I'll talk a little bit about context. Uh, when I first watched these 155 Dracula movies that I've seen, I was kind of just watching them and not like looking up anything about them, not reading about them on Wikipedia or IMDb or anything. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, so this is going to be a new opportunity for me as I'm rewatching a lot of these. Uh, and showing them to these guys for the first time to look at them a way I haven't before, which is like context of when they were made and who made them. And for a lot of the more obscure movies, there's not going to be a lot I can find, but I think it'll be interesting, uh, an interesting exercise for me. So this movie, let me see what I wrote down about it. Uh, 
often considered the first horror movie. Not exactly true, but it's definitely the movie that like codified the horror genre. There wasn't a horror genre before this. There were mm-hmm. scary movies, um, like German expressionist shit, uh, old mysteries, uh, old serials, like silent serials that were meant to be scary, but there wasn't a codified horror genre until Dracula came out and it was really popular. Then they made Frankenstein and they made the mummy, uh, the black cat. Um, and so at this point there was horror. So you can thank Dracula for that. Thanks Dracula. Thank you. Dracula. A lot of people, when they talk about, uh, early horror movies, like in the 1930s, a lot of film historians kind of look at it as sort of a, an unpacking of the First World War and its trauma, which I'm not a historian. That's always felt kind of odd to me that like a decade after World War One, we were making movies about World War One. I. I don't know. Um, hmm. But I guess it makes sense. That was kind of a singular, unique trauma for its time. In some later movies around the same time period from the 1930s, you definitely see a lot more World War One. Uh, influence uh, the Black Cat with Bela Lugosi, Boris Karloff, nineteen thirty something. That is about two World War One veterans. Uh, the Old Dark House uh, takes place in these Welsh ruins with a bunch of World War One veteran characters. Uh, this movie doesn't have a super big connection, but you can see that pop up in there. It takes place in these European ruins, right? The introduction, um, Rinfield very much uh, represents mental illness in a way that people didn't really start to recognize until after World War I, PTSD and such. So there is that connection. But I don't really have a conclusion to make about that. I just think that's interesting. Yeah, it never occurred to me. Um, Do you think Dracula is like some projection of war anxiety? I know we've talked about sexual anxiety as well. But yeah, we'll definitely get into sexual anxiety later, I think. But yeah, I, I definitely think you're right with that, Desmond. Uh, this uh, scary stranger coming to uh, you know London, this foreign person with this foreign influence influencing our women, and that's scary. Um, and I think I think the World War One trauma definitely plays into that. Dracula, the book, has always been viewed as somewhat xenophobic, uh, and let me. Get ahead of all the haters here and say the Dracula book is definitely progressive in certain ways as well. You know, I'm not I'm not uh, canceling your favorite book, uh, but, um, <laughs> you know, that is that is definitely a cultural element there. Um, well, other interesting. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Desmond. I was just going to say um, historians have uh, suggested that Bram Stoker might have been gay. I know that you and I have talked about right. this on the side. Yeah, there is. A certain now there's there's older vampire novels that are definitely gayer than Dracula is, uh, but I feel like Dracula does have a certain homosexual undertone to it at points, um, especially with Dracula and Harker, or in this movie, Dracula and Renfield. Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, some other uh, contextual things, just little minor things. Directed by Todd Browning, who was sort of known for these like gloomy melodramas. He did freaks shortly after this interesting fact about Todd Browning. I found out he did vaudeville. He joined a circus when he was 16 years old, uh, later in his life did vaudeville, which is kind of interesting. Did, uh, did blackface, but, uh, you hate to see it folks. The screenwriter Garrett Ford and the cinematographer, something Freund. I don't remember something Freund. Both of them uh, were kind of, kind of horror guys. They did a lot of horror. Uh, Edward Van Sloan, who plays Van Helsing did not like the movie. 
So really? just some little interesting little, little interesting tidbits and now yeah. we can talk about That's funny cuz he was the, the worst character. Song. Really? You didn't like him? Uh well, okay. His character or his performance cuz I like his performance quite a bit. Um one, he killed Dracula, so problematic. Mm, Two, true. well, I, you know, I don't like how his lines were all like explanatory of what was going on. That's um, totally fair. Totally fair. You know, it seemed like like Van Helsing's character often served to just kind of give the protagonists the information they needed to kill Dracula. Sure. Which, yeah, someone's got to do it. Maybe not a great character, like, not a great, like, fully developed character, but I like the performance. The yeah. scene where he and Dracula are, like, facing off against each other, uh, like, they're alone in that room. I, God, I love that scene. That's, like, the best scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, just oh. the the tension between those two is so palpable. I liked the scene with the mirror too. Is very compelling. Yes, yeah. That that's, that's really my favorite too. scene in the movie. I, I I I don't know how to explain it, but like when I saw that, I'm like, that's so cool. Like I know how it was it done. Is. It's not like hard, but it's like it's it's really cool. Um, so the two scenes we're talking about, audience members, are uh, Van Helsing. Both of these scenes are like Van Helsing outsmarting Dracula. Um, in one scene. This is where he figures out that Dracula's a vampire. He has the mirror open of like a a makeup box, something. I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, something with, something like with a mirror on it and he's holding it up and you can't see Dracula's reflection. And then he gets like this smart aleck face and he's like, hey, Dracula, come look at this. I have something cool to show you. And he, show, and he shows him the mirror and Dracula like freaks out. Great performances. Smacks it out of his them. hands. Bela Lugosi's, like, moment of, like, animalistic rage there is so good. Um, yeah. Genuinely very cool to see. Like, yeah. like Bela Lugosi is an excellent actor. He's really good. He's really good. And then, and the way that he brings it back is feels very, like, yeah. you know, natural, too. You watch his face slowly go from, like, angry to kind of, like, realizing that he's shown his hand a little bit. And he knows that he can't fool Van Helsing. Right. Um, and he just kind of like withdraws and goes like he says something like you're a very perceptive man van helsing like too perceptive mm-hmm. for one lifetime or something yeah and dracula no, knows that he's been caught too right so like as he's leaving he's like i'm sure van helsing will tell you what just happened yeah blah 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 yeah. and then he, he says for leaves. someone who has who hasn't even lived one lifetime you're very perceptive yeah something like that um, it's a great which line which i that's that's a very good line yeah it's I very like good that. Um, the other scene is similar. It's like Van Helsing, like, uh, like using the cross on Dracula, driving him away. Uh, but both of these scenes, just the, like the rivalry between them is very good, uh, for, for characters who like only have two scenes together. I think those two scenes that, uh, both actors do like such a good job of like this, this animosity between them, this very strong tension. And there's uh, kind of like a cat and mouse going on where Dracula's trying to trick him. He's trying to trick Dracula. It's very cool. Yeah. Bela Lugosi, he's very expressive. Part of that might be he has a background in theater, like stage theater. He was in the play we mentioned, uh, the Broadway play production of Dracula. He oh. actually, um, he came here from Hungary in, I don't know when, sometime because of a failed uh, communist revolution, and afterwards they were going after all the communists. Bela Lugosi, I, I don't know if he was a communist or not, but he did have socialist ties. So I he thought had, he was uh, Italian. He, what? <laughs> I 
That's crazy. Are you, Never are mind. you serious? <laughs> no, cut that out. <laughs> cut that out. Don't no, that's that staying in. in. That's definitely staying in. No, it's <laughs> Hungarian. Yeah, but he fled. He fled Hungary because of his socialist ties. The government was after him. I think he even left his wife to do that. Um, he was married he, like he, four or five times. He is probably the best part of this movie, or among the best. Um, Renfield is also very good. I was going to say Renfield is probably my favorite character. I mean, the, the way he switches, like, because that's kind of the essential part, at least of what I've seen. Like, Renfield's is kind of normal. He goes to the castle and then it's like, oh, he's a little freak now. Yeah. Um, and that the guy who plays Renfield, who is Dwight Fry, Dwight Fry, Fry. Yep. Uh, I knew that. Um yeah, he he just uh, he's able to capture both those energies very well. Like I, um, you know, it's not even the the first fifteen minutes he gets to be normal, and then the rest of the movie he's a little freak. But like he he works as a a normal guy too. Yeah, but yeah, freakish Renfield is very fun. He really plays it up. That yes. creepy laugh yeah. he does is so good. Normal Renfield is Renfield. great too because he's such a big oblivious idiot the whole time. Yeah, the, like no, first like, twenty only minutes. Guy that waspy can just like go into this town, this village that he knows nothing about, and like. Be, like they're they're all telling him like oh yeah dude you don't want to go up there it's all they're they're monsters they're gonna kill you um you're a fool like especially after dark you're insane and he'd just be like ah oh, these these superstitious folk have no idea what they're talking about oh well time to go meet Count Dracula <laughs> he's so good and then uh he sees Dracula phase through spider webs like a ghost and he's like oh that's well, normal I <laughs> yeah. strange chap (laughs) like he sees the face of the stagecoach uh driver that brings him to dracula's castle who is dracula because like dracula doesn't have any servants you know he lives in this decaying castle so he he pretends to be a servant picks up renfield in the stagecoach brings him to his castle renfield meets the the real dracula should recognize immediately that this is the same guy who picked him up like 30 minutes ago. He doesn't. Uh, he's he's an idiot. He's a he's a, a moron. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, you say that, but I didn't I didn't notice that. Oh, you didn't? They do you like a big zoom in on his face. Um, I mean, I I'm not great with faces, but You're I on didn't phone notice the whole that much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's cuz I'm always on that phone. No, it was it truly yeah. is cuz I was smoking weed. No, that's <laughs> That's fine. It's good way um, to watch a Dracula movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Another moment like that is um, you guys remember when he cuts himself uh, with, mm-hmm. the, oh, like, yeah. with a knife and the Dracula is like licking his lips like, oh, there's blood. <laughs> oh, boy. And then Renfield's cross like falls out of his shirt and Dracula like shrieks in terror or something. He's yeah, like, he ah! dabs on him. <laughs> he like fully dabs. <laughs> yeah. He holds his cape up to shield his face. And Renfield is just like, oh, man, it's not that bad a cut. You don't need to freak out like that. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I think he deserves um, his fate. Another, so stupid. Another thing I noticed about that opening 15 minutes is that, like, Dracula just talks in riddles for this entire thing. Like, he, he's just saying things that don't seem to be really related to anything Renfield has said. He's just kind of, like, 
He's like, oh, the wolves, the wolves, uh, my the children of the night. You know, all the lines are very iconic, but it's it's also just like very silly in in context. I think. I love that though. Uh, me, I love yeah, that. yeah. It's it's so um so like over the top, like gloomy and brooding. Yeah, definitely. We definitely, we love yeah. a cryptic Dracula. Dracula in the first, not so much the rest of the movie, but the first like fifteen minutes is such like a like a classic gothic character. Um, mm-hmm. the, the bachelor up in his, I guess he's not a bachelor, he has three wives, but this, uh, you know, this mysterious guy in his big crumbling castle, he says all these cryptic things. I love that sort of like character archetype. Oh, oh, and we, we, we need to have a, a more in-depth discussion on the big flying bat who's introduced after he looks outside the carriage. He's like, oh, driver, you're going a little fast. And then yeah, Flappy Bat. <laughs> yeah, Flappy Bat's the, the best Flappy character. Bat above the horse. Yeah, it's like the bat is steering the carriage. Yeah, that's another moment where he should be like, that's weird. Hey, right? Now. Yeah, <laughs> this is a little weird. Uh-huh. Yeah. Although, OK, it, if you got in an Uber and like you didn't look at the driver at first, right? And you were just driving and then, you know, you you, you looked up at him to ask him a question and you just saw a bat flapping there in the front seat. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do? Uh, well, I would let I him know. drive. <laughs> he seems totally capable. I guess I would let him drive, but like I wouldn't let him drive me to his house, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but your I, house, I, his house, is your destination. Oh, I think and, I'd turn and around. Ju- <laughs> and sorry, just for context, the the bat is like clearly placed on some sort of string, and they're just like yes. pulling <laughs> it up and down, J- just yeah. to, just to fully give a visual of what this bat looks like. It's like very clearly not real. Like a party city bat that they just yeah, have right, like right. on a little string and they're just they're just wiggling him and he's just flapping because he's being wiggled. It's beautiful. It is. You guys uh poetry. Speaking of, speaking of animals, do you guys see those armadillos that he had? I know. He has so many creatures living in his house. It's like a the zoo. Armadillos are also <laughs> creatures of the night, I'll have you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's like these two no Texas armadillos <laughs> crawling around in Dracula's castle. I guess they were like, I guess people of the 1930s didn't know what an armadillo was. So they saw that and they're like, oh, what a scary, freakish <laughs> oh. animal to be living in Transylvania. <laughs> what kind uh, of nightmarish creature is that? <laughs> I, yeah. I I think another good part of that is just like the, the atmosphere, the, the set pieces. Like Dracula's castle looks so sick it looks it really really cool it's really good um, yeah and that's kind of a thing throughout the movie i feel like the set pieces and the uh atmosphere the whole like mise-en-scene yeah. if you will the the third <laughs> act uh like location um the carfax abbey uh that that looks so good the big staircase leading up yeah mm-hmm Yep. We should, yeah, yeah, maybe we should have said that at the beginning, but we are going to spoil these movies when we talk about them. I think, oh, yeah, Dracula spoilers dies. for Dracula 1931. Dracula Jeez. does die, yes. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, didn't like that part because you know, I love Dracula and seeing him live. I, I do love Dracula, <laughs> and I hope that Dracula succeeds at everything that he tries. One thing I like, uh, I find interesting about Dracula in this movie is, um, He's not sympathetic. He isn't. 
he's very much an evil character but there's just like this slightest slightest hint of a deeper surface to him he has like one line like literally one line where he says like you know there are much worse things than death you know like being a vampire is worse than death oh yeah you get the very vague sense that he's like not super happy about what he does but they leave it um they keep it restrained you know they don't go into that which i kind of like i like there's just that tiniest hint of texture to him yeah yeah i thought that was cool too very yeah very subtle right i also it's it's kind of i think it's like from that same scene like a little bit later he says something along the lines of oh no 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 sorry this is as he's leaving so dracula delivers that line about how there's worse things that can happen to man than death um and so Van Helsing is kind of talking with uh, uh, Mr. Westing, I think, uh, as right. um, he uh, leaves. No, Seward. Uh, his name is Seward. Seward, excuse Lu- me. Lucy Westing is like his ward or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mr. Seward. Um, and he says uh, that the strength of the vampire is that people will not believe in him. And I like that line, yeah. not just because it, it has a lot of gravity to it, but also right. it gets at the themes, the, the kind of deeper themes of the movie of, you know, those anxieties that we were talking about. Right. Uh, yeah, that's good. This, this is totally unrelated, but back at the castle, um, when I saw the animals and stuff, uh, I wrote down in my notes, Dracula bought a zoo. So I just wanted to say that. And- Thank you. I wrote down in my notes, Dracula pervert. I don't remember exactly (laughs) what I was thinking with that. I think what I'm thinking of is the scene where Renfield tries to come up the steps and there's the big spider webs there and he has to fight them away with his cane. Dracula doesn't say or do anything. He just like stands at the top of the steps, like smiling, watching Renfield struggle with these webs. And that, that just seemed kind of like. Kind of like voyeuristic to me. Like Dracula's yeah. like, oh yes, struggled with the webs. Yes, very <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Totally. He doesn't even he doesn't offer to help or anything. He doesn't even say like, oh, I'm sorry about all the webs, you know? No. Just face. <laughs> oh them. yeah, it's totally messy in here. I haven't had time to clean up with, you know, being a count and everything. I don't know if there's much else to say about Dracula. I think, I promise a lot of the movies, our discussion will be a little more interesting than just talking about all the good stuff in it. There's not a lot of bad stuff in Dracula 1931. There's not a lot. It's really a good movie. I I was, I I have, okay. So I I have something to say. uh, Cool. And this is, this is maybe in comparison to another movie that came out before this based on Dracula, but I feel like you can say Nosferatu. It's Nosferatu. Yeah. So (laughs) like in Nosferatu, he is like such a, a force. The movie becomes so dismal by the end because it's like, he's basically like almost one Uh, versus I feel like in this movie, Dracula is just like kind of there. Like, I don't feel like he's winning. I don't feel like he's much of a like, yeah, I, like obviously he's a threat, but he doesn't, he doesn't feel like I'm not like, 
oh, Dra- Dracula's going to get them now. It, it just feels like, you know, Dracula's there. There's there's a lot of really good shots. Like the one where he's like creeping up on the woman in bed uh, and he has like his arm out and it's, oh, it's so good. Right. Um, yeah. I, I think that's the it's one where he, he, kills, where he kills her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That that shot's awesome. But his his little grabby I'm hand like, that he does is so funny. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Audience exactly. Lucy it, it's is uh, Mina's friend. Mina, the main victim, mm-hmm. Lucy is her friend who dies first. Yeah. But um yeah, I, I don't know. So like you know, no, he's there. He's really cool. He just I don't like I'm not I'm I not think, scared of him, I guess. I think that has to do with the way they kind of skip through things and kind of pace it faster than in the book um Mm -hmm. you just like there's not there's not a good sense of like dracula's end goal you know yeah yeah um and also in nosferatu dracula is like an apocalyptic threat right um yeah that's not really the case in the book uh that's kind of just like a that's like like a flourish they added for nosferatu yeah I, I guess regardless, I, I like prefer that. I like, think I, I do I prefer too. Him feeling like I think I kinda. I like it when Dracula's a much more serious, like o- almost like evil itself. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I noted like I was just like the 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 Dracula in Nosferatu is is much scarier. Uh, however, the, sure. this one is a, a little less anti-Semitic, so I guess that's a plus. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, definitely. Well, my dog is drinking water so loudly right now. Slurp, 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 slurp. Good bubbles. Good girl. Before we move on to our next movie, I, I would like to talk a little about, we kind of um, mentioned these like sexual anxieties and stuff in the movie. Dracula is, the character is tied to a lot of sort of somewhat reactionary media tropes. Sexuality is bad. Libertine women are bad. This becomes more apparent in later Dracula movies. I think I especially think of like the Hammer movies where it's always like Dracula sucks blood as sort of a sex allegory. These women, once their blood is sucked, become more sexual and more, uh, more open. And that's bad. Although at the same time, the movie uses this as an excuse to show those things, you know? So it's um, kind of paradoxical in that element. Anyway, those, those tropes mm-hmm. aren't like, quite fully solidified in this movie, but you're seeing the sort of beginning there. And I'm just kind yeah. of like, I'm curious about what you guys think about how this movie fits into, into you know, a larger culture, larger cultural... Um, What's the word? Superstructure? That might not be the word I'm looking for. Ooh, you know, fancy. How it fits, That's a $7 how word. It, how it fits in this you know, bigger context. If you have any thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, I, I think especially the second half of the movie, like the last, the last like 45 minutes really gets at that. The way that Mina's behavior changes after she encounters Count Dracula and specifically in her interactions with John, where she has this moment of lucidity as Dracula is controlling her and trying to trick John, saying mm-hmm. like, you know, um, like, oh, my God, rather, how did I ever let myself talk so freely? You know? Yeah. And then like before we have her moment with John, we have her talking to like him at, uh, in conversation with like 
Dr. Van Helsing and Mr. S- I keep wanting to call him Mr. Sewer. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he stinks. Because he stinks. He's the worst. The uh, And talking about, to John, how she can never kiss him, how he needs to stay away from her because she's been corrupted in this way. And then you compare that to when Dracula is, is like more controlling her actions on the balcony leading him out there saying oh yeah look at the stars i love the night the night doesn't scare me at all and by the way would you mind just grabbing that crucifix that van helsing has and getting rid of it it does it upsets me a little bit you know it's um you see the threat more presently when she is more like um more passionate right more passionate and more like interested in the night and more like i don't know so they they would they would never talk about sex in a movie like this but right you get the sense that she's more sexually open when she is controlled by dracula which is bad yeah she she seems more forward and more open right which is about as sexy as it gets the reason i'm conflicted (laughs) about it is um there's definitely sort of this sense that what she's doing is bad when she's being more open sexually, but also there's the fact that the movie is portraying it at all. Uh, Similar with, with Renfield when he bites Renfield, there's definitely a very homosexual undertone. Um, And the fact that the movie portrays that at all is maybe a little bit progressive. Um, Add to that, the fact that now this is more so the case in the book in the than the movie, but it's kind of in the movie too. Mina is not a super traditional female character. She kind of takes charge for herself and tries to make this noble sacrifice even at one point where she's like, give up on me. I'm just going to hurt you. Yeah. And that's definitely, that happens more in the book than it does in the movie, but it's a little present in the movie. So I don't know. It's just interesting to think about. I, it's just interesting. Harrison, I'm really glad that you're bringing this up now as we're about to pivot to the second movie, because I think... <laughs> You know, Dracula, you can make an argument that it is like it's a movie of the times and it has patriarchal notes to it. You know, a lot of the writing is like protective of Mina and the other women in this, like in the way that you're getting at. Um, But compared to Zoltan, the hound of Dracula, like (laughs) it it seems like this, (laughs) like a feminist treatise, because at least they don't write out the female characters like halfway through the movie completely (laughs) absurd i i think you could make maybe not the movie but i definitely think you could make a case that the book is feminist for its time uh the fact Mm. that that mina uh does anything at all that she helps and that she uh, in the book she's like the one that leads them to dracula um so I, i definitely think you could make a case that it's giving uh female characters more agency than especially like thriller slash horror stories traditionally did yeah Um, and even in the movie she does she does sort of help them in a way that that these characters often don't Mm -hmm. um a lot of times when someone talks about how a movie is problematic in certain ways people assume that they're like criticizing the movie as like something that they dislike that's not the case um that this makes the movie more fascinating uh, these layers mm. that it has. It's just very interesting to talk about, and I'm going to continue 
uh, researching this, hopefully, as we watch more Dracula movies, trying to come up with some sort of thesis. I don't know. We'll yeah, yeah, no, I, I kind of like that. This is not a – sorry, go ahead. I just kind of like that as a lens that we watch these movies through is what is what does Dracula say about us? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because this is not a Dracula 1931 exclusive uh no, you know, analogy. No, I not guess. at all. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, can we talk about Dracula's dog? Let's, let's talk about him. Dracula guy. Everyone's talking about it. Can we talk about Dracula's dog? The world's been going crazy for Dracula's dog. Okay, all right. I want to hear it right now before we get into the movie. Um, Zoltan, is he a good boy or a bad boy? Discuss. Um, he's a good boy if you're Dracula. That's he's a true. bad boy if you're Michael no, Dracula. He's, he's like kind of bad if you're Dracula too. I, I don't know. He like, he's, fails he's sometimes, at it? Well, yeah, and then he's also like, mm, I don't know if I should do that. Oh, okay. Uh, okay wait, you you should do the introduction first before we get into right. it. Yeah. Dracula's Dog, also known as Zoltan, Hound of Dracula, 1977, directed by Albert Band. Four years before Stephen King wrote Cujo, Dracula's Dog pioneered the genre of dog horror. When Soviet soldiers accidentally unearth Count Dracula's tomb, his dog Zoltan escapes along with one of Dracula's ghoulish manservants, and together they head to America to find the last living Dracula, Michael Dracula, and turn him into their new vampire master. Can Academy Award winner Jose Ferrer save Michael Dracula and his family before Zoltan and his newfound gang of vampire dogs gets them? Or is Michael Dracula about to learn the dog is vampire's best friend? Every time you said Michael Dracula, I just wanted to laugh. I love, I love that there's like a, a family, like a line of Dracula. Whenever they're just like the Draculas, we unearthed the Dracula tomb. Yeah, <laughs> like, they use Dracula as a common noun almost, which is really yeah. funny. Yeah, and, it, and what's, it's like the way that we talk about Draculas as just being like, you know, that's a Dracula. It's like, what, oh yeah, we dug up a Dracula tomb. Uh, yeah, I, okay, just one thing about this world. Dracula movies exist in Dracula do- Dracula's dog. He like he comments on uh <laughs> he comments on like getting um money for like all the Dracula <laughs> movies they made and I'm just like wait a second. Yeah. So people know what Dracula is. We have yeah, a yeah, Dracula yeah. like why? No it's it's true. I think it's like supposed to be some kind of tongue in cheek reference to like how they're making a Dracula movie without permission. I Maybe. I don't know. I that guess could be, but that could be. But it's interesting how Dracula is like uh maybe maybe those movies are like historical movies in this world. It's like <laughs> yeah. like people like it's not that Dracula existed and everyone forgot about him and then they started making Dracula movies. The Soviet government so, knows that Dracula exists. They find a <laughs> Dracula tomb and they're like, "Oh, this is a Dracula tomb." Yeah, and they so, say it. They say, "Oh, we found, it's, it's, we dug up a Dracula tomb." Right. It's kind of like um, uh, Ridley oh, Scott's Napoleon, but Dracula. Like they, they just they do that. Right. It's so, so funny. Historical epic. Since you started on on that, Mary, what are your like first thoughts you want to get out about this movie? Yeah. Um, I gotta be honest. I like for the first hour, I was like, "Oh, this isn't that bad." Like this is actually all right. Um, and then just the last half hour, I was like bored out of my mind. Yeah. Um, and yeah. <laughs> it just kept getting more insane. Um, 
there's like it, it's very similar like there there's some like things that i think are a bit strong but like i, I think once you realize it's not going anywhere it, it just kind of loses everything mm-hmm. like i don't know it seems like it's building up to something that never happens uh so right. yeah so i yeah. should say so the audience knows dracula's dog is also known as Zoltan Hound of Dracula. I believe that was the original title. Dracula's Dog is the American title, maybe. Um, this is uh, what, what you call a B-movie. Uh, something that is not the same budget as a proper studio movie. Uh, maybe an independent film. I know this was an independent film. And it's it's something that the people making it probably didn't expect to be very good. The people watching it don't really expect it to be very good. Uh, it was made super cheap and then ship it out. Uh, yeah, released by Studio C- Anal. <laughs> uh, no, no, Studio well, Canal that, did not make yeah, the they movie. Bought it. No. Yeah, they yeah. bought it to distribute, and, and I think they bought by Studio C- bought Anal. it fairly recently to distribute it. Yeah, they're they're a big distributor of stuff. I was kind of surprised to see them up there. So this is not like a quote real movie like Dracula. It is a real movie, and I want to say these movies are not any less deserving of of consideration as real art. Than any other movie. Uh, some of my favorite movies are these types of movies. This is little quaint, low-budget films. So that's not why this movie is bad. This movie is bad because it's a bad movie. Because it sucks. Mm-hmm. So going on with my initial my, or my my first thoughts, um, it's not good. Is the <laughs> is the main takeaway here? It's not good. <laughs> um, it's solidly made. Uh, some of the shots look nice. The ones that don't look nice are still staged well. The actors do act, um, which sounds kind of. like bare minimum. But but Desmond, no, you watch is. some of these other Dracula movies, and and uh, you will okay. be oh. you will be happy for actors who like kind of seem like they're playing a character a little bit. Yeah, um, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. It is almost effectively scary at certain points i think just by virtue that like being chased by a big dog in the woods is going to be scary it's uh the sound is fine uh which is another thing that in these low budget movies often the sound is pretty terrible the sound is good here adr is a little weird at some points there's moments where you hear dogs barking even though the dogs on the screen are clearly not barking yeah, um, and it's the same clip of dogs barking by the way it is i didn't notice that that's really good they like they just play the same clip over and over throughout the movie, oh, and they start so they start throwing in these little like weird whines to and howls <laughs> to change it up a little bit. But it's, it's still so it doesn't distract you enough from the fact that it's the same clip. So I wouldn't say I hate it, but it's it's not great. It's pretty bare minimum in, in most areas. Most of the movie is Michael Dracula and his family uh, wandering around the woods. And then his family leaves, and it's just Michael Dracula wandering around the woods, which happens a lot in these low-budget movies. They just go to the woods and film people wandering around. Desmond, what do you think about the movie? I I like wandering around in the woods. You know, I can't blame them. See, I thought you were about to open with, I like this movie, and I was about to... (laughs) No, not at all. I hated this movie. I found it hard to watch. I really liked the face that... I I forget the name of this character, but the withered old guy that was handling the dog. I just just called him Brad Dracula in my notes. Um, (laughs) Probably Brad. Yeah, that's like Dracula's manservant, like sort of a Renfield, Igor-type character who helps the dog. 
Yeah, he he kept making this face that I really liked. That was probably my favorite part of the movie. Uh, is whenever you agree, <laughs> you saw his face straight on. He just my he favorite was- thing about him. Now this is an actor named what's his name. Um, he's in That's a weird all, name. He's in so many B movies, so many like especially B horror films. Uh, his name is Reggie Nalder. Is it- uh, Reggie oh, Nalder. Okay. He plays the vampire in Salem's Lot, uh, the Stephen King film slash oh. miniseries. Uh, he plays the Van Helsing character in Dracula Sucks, which is a porn film. Oh my god. Interesting fact. Interesting fact. He plays Kurt Barlow, the vampire in Salem's Lot. In the Salem's Lot remake, Rutger Hauer plays Kurt Barlow. Rutger Hauer also plays Dracula in Dracula 3 Legacy and Dario Argento's Dracula 3D. So, wow. <laughs> all comes full Pretty circle. Pretty prolific Dracula guy. But yeah, Reggie Nalder, he has these like scars on the lower half of his face, gives him the shiny appearance, like burnt, like shiny burn scars that have healed over and now they're just kind of kind of creepy looking and he's very distinctive looking. And my favorite thing about that character, which this was all build up to that is that he like never opens his mouth in the entire movie. Yeah. They just yeah. film him making these weird faces and then do like psychic messaging over it, which yeah, I don't know great. if originally he wasn't meant to talk or if maybe they didn't like Reggie Nowder's voice. So this is a different guy doing the psychic dialogue. Dracula doesn't talk either. He doesn't. I didn't know. The the Dracula is like, only in flashbacks, the, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He he he's in the first flashback. He doesn't talk either. I was like, why? Why does? <laughs> oh, I forgot his name too. The uh, the the old guy. So I just put him as not Dracula. Um, <laughs> so yeah, not Dracula and Dracula both don't uh, don't speak. I will also just say I looked through the cast and saw a person named Roger Pancake is in this movie. I just want to. <laughs> 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 no! I don't know who that is. Maybe one of the hunters. Uh, the sheriff, apparently. Oh. <laughs> Sweet. So good. God bless you, Roger Pancake. Did you have any more important first thoughts to get out of the way before I do context, Desmond? Um, he, just the this like like I was saying before a little bit a while ago. Um, the writing of this movie was just so like patriarchal i hated michael um michael dracula he is so mean to the dogs he's so mean to his kids he's so mean to his wife he like openly flirts with another woman as they're leaving the house i mean it's their neighbor and clearly a family friend but still it just doesn't like read right to me as the audience and i'm supposed to be rooting for this person throughout the film and he's like the main protagonist and it just doesn't it doesn't work. I wanted him to die. I wanted him to get mauled by those dogs so bad, and it never happened. Yeah, Extremely it's not just him that's mean to the dogs. All of them are mean to the dogs. Like All it's the of wife. Them are so mean to the dogs. It's the wife that suggests they bring this. Re- so they so they have two dogs. We should talk about what actually happens in the movie before. We yeah, do this. true. Michael Dracula. At this point, he's named Michael Drake. Uh, his old country name is Dracula. He changed it to Drake when he came to America. Him and his wife. And they're two children. They're two young children. They have two dogs, two German shepherds. The two dogs boinked. And now they have puppies. So they're going to go on a trip. And they're going to leave in in the woods. 
camp out the woods in their in their Winnebago, and the wife is going to have their neighbor watch the dogs while they're gone. But instead, she suggests we should bring this recent mother dog and her newborn puppies to us in the middle of the woods. We're not going to leash them. We're going to let them sleep outside, and that's a great idea. And it's, Michael's it's so like, irresponsible. Oh, I don't know, honey. You and your feminine notions. And then she's like, oh, but the kids will like it. And he's like, all right. So they take the dogs. They leave them outside. Uh, at one point, one of the puppies runs away. And I think they're in, they do eventually go looking for it. But their initial response is like, ah, it'll come back. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're terrible dog owners. And then a little bit through the movie, they find the dog. I mean, the dog gets vampired by Zoltan. Um, the, the puppy does. And they find right. what they think is the body of the puppy in a boat. And they're just like, ah, we better bury it here. Uh, you know, that died of exposure, whatever. It's very yeah. strange. Right. It's very strange. And then, you know, uh, plot twist, the puppy is alive at the end as a vampire, so yeah, don't worry oh, about yeah. not actually dead. We'll talk about that more that's, a little bit. That's, yeah, that's, that's another one of my favorite parts of the movie. The rest of that's it, good. crap. Uh, let me talk about a little bit of context stuff I looked up. Um, this movie, the, I didn't look this up, it's just knowledge of film. This is, you know, this is what you call an exploitation film, something that tries to, often low-budget film, often B-movie, that tries to kind of like exploit popular trends of the time vampires were very popular in the 70s uh mainly because there were a lot of exploitation movies trying to like exploit every horror trend that had ever been popular right so there were a lot of vampire movies a lot of werewolf movies a lot of uh guy stalking nude women in the woods movies uh, probably a couple dozen of the movies on this list come from the 70s also i think jaws came out recently right or not recently now but shortly before this movie and so there was another like there were a lot of movies trying to do like what if this animal was evil you know so you combine those two trends there's a lot of vampire movies there's a lot of evil animal movies and you get dracula's dog an instant classic an instant classic for sure um this is directed by albert band who is the father of charles band you may know as the uh full moon pictures guy uh puppet master uh what else did they do the evil bong ginger dead man those are all his oh, work. evil bong that makes sense right right uh that before, makes a lot of sense before he did full moon pictures charles band did uh empire films which made ghoulies which is awful never watch it and reanimator which i like i like reanimator um and this is the child of the man who did this movie albert band Michael Pataki, who plays Michael Dracula, was in another Dracula movie I find I found out. He plays, according to the cast list, Mobster in Love at First Bite. That's good. Um, ah. And uh, the last thing we should talk about is that the guy who plays Inspector, I think they say Branco. Like it looks like the word it looks like it should be Bronco, right? But he says Branco, or maybe Branco. Yeah. He says it in a weird way, is all I remember. Anyway, the inspector who is sent by the Soviets who unearthed Dracula's tomb to find the dog and save Michael Dracula uh, is played by Jose Ferrer, who did win an Academy Award 20 years earlier. So it's great to see where that gets you uh, for Cyrano de Bergerac, I think. And he is the father of Miguel Ferrer from Twin Peaks. So. Wow. Star-studded cast. Yes, this is a very star-studded cast for a very good movie. What a waste. 
Uh, was the dog credited? Who, Do we know? Yeah, who, who played the Zoltan dog? Is I don't know if the dog was credited. Actually, that's a good question. I I don't see I don't it on Letterboxd. I don't think it was. These dog actors are not getting their proper. Speaking dues. of dog, that dog is way too cute to be. I'm saying dog. all he's these not, dogs were adorable. He's not scary. Like even when he's doing like the face where he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna bite you." Like he's not scary. He looks like a he chihuahua kind of. He looks cute. He's yeah, cute. he's like a he's yeah. a big black dog. A big black dog, sort of like a Great Dane shape to him, but he's got like a like a this like just Almost really like cute face build. with like with like big do- like yeah. big eyes and a cute snout. He's very cute. They always I, do I, zoom ins on him. Uh, like they do these zoom on zoom zoom ins on his face <laughs> every time every time he's like about to attack somebody or something, and he looks adorable. He looks yeah. so cute and. And when he's like sucking blood, they put like red jam on his lips or something. Oh, so they so good. have yeah, these close ups of, the dog of attacks, him like licking just... up red jam. And it's adorable. It's so yeah. cute. The dog attacks are just a guy covered in blueberry jam rolling around, getting licked by this sweet puppy. And it's <laughs> <laughs> and like it's this yeah. horrible like screaming and growling dubbed on top of it. But if you muted the audio, it would be like just a guy hanging out with his dog and a very yeah. mis- a mishap <laughs> I, with a jelly sandwich. I noticed that in the in the scene. So uh, there's a bunch of characters in this movie. There's two hunters who are also hiding, hanging out in the woods, and uh, their dog gets turned into a vampire by Dracula's dog. Dracula's dog is going around the woods, turning other vampires, sorry, turning other dogs into vampires. He turns the two, uh, he turns Michael Dracula's dogs into vampires. He turns the hunter's dog into vampires. Anyway, there's a scene towards the end where the hunters are battling with these dogs, and they're just, like, rolling around on the ground playing with them. It's so, yeah, it's so cute. I... I I think I agree mostly. I, it does seem like they're throwing them like a bit, which I wasn't a huge Maybe. fan of. Yeah, there there uh, definitely I, weren't like I don't think film animal rights were as strong back then as they are no, now. No, yeah, no. I mean, it's it's somewhat expected. Uh, you know, the dog performances I would say are pretty good. I don't want to imagine what had to happen to those dogs to get good dog performances. Oh, for sure, for sure. Mm, um, I yeah, I don't think that's it's a fair point. like. You know, it's probably not like uh, <laughs> the adventures of Milo and Otis or anything, but, um, you know, it, it's still like it, it kind of takes away a bit from the movie. Just uh, <laughs> do, you think it's like, do you think it's like Snow Buddies where yeah. they actually have like 20 Dracula's dogs and they keep dying so they keep having to replace them? Well, that's what I was referencing <laughs> with Milo and Otis. Like that, that movie famously a lot of dogs and cats had to die for that movie to be made. Um, yeah, but what's interesting about Snow Buddies is that's a movie for like it's like a TV movie for little children and they killed like 100 puppies. I'm actually sure in real life by that information that's crazy oh you had no idea i had no idea whoa yeah it's it's sad but um i you know hopefully the dogs weren't treated that poorly on on this film but um i I don't know uh you know it takes away a bit i I will also say those dog close-ups uh clearly not shot in the same place like they're in some sort (laughs) of like black room every time they do the close-up oh yeah it's almost like certainly the same shot every time too. Not not quite the same, but it's very close. Yeah, well reusing shots means they have to kill less dogs, so. <laughs> yeah, I guess this I guess true. that's good. Yeah, I, the, just the face he makes it, it it's not very scary um and I, it, it's like a good face, but uh yeah, I don't know. 
I wrote down I, in my notes. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, and Desmond. I was just going to say, speaking of animal abuse, the ending where like Zoltan just gets like thrown into a spiky fence and then like oh, he yeah. just is like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to like burn the bodies of our family dogs because the stranger told me to kill them. And I'm just going to go <laughs> home and explain that to my wife and kids like that. And then it just and then and then we get vampire puppy. The end is insane. It's an insane <laughs> to his of credit. His his dogs did attack him and they had big vampire fangs. But well, but 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 he sure is not sad about it. He's like, well, going to go burn my yeah. dogs now. <laughs> Also, speaking of Zoltan's death, the way he dies, he tries to hypnotize, he tries to dog hypnotize Michael Dracula, right? He's standing there, they do a zoom in on him, and Michael Dracula's like, oh, but then he snaps back, he snaps out of it. He does not push Zoltan, he does not attack Zoltan. Dracula's dog steps backwards and accidentally tumbles off a cliff (laughs) and falls on a spike and dies. It's it's because he um it's because he brought out a crucifix. Oh, right? okay, I forgot yeah. about that. Okay, yeah. sure. He brings out sure. this cross, at, or rather, I think it's just a cross. But the dog sees it, and it's like clearly reversed footage. Um, and yeah, it's just the dog like staggers off of a cliff again. It like the dog is walking forward, and it's reversed. Uh, staggers off a cliff and just falls into a metal fence. Yes, that is. Oh, how I didn't even weird. notice that, but you're probably right. Yep. So good, so good, great movie. Um. In terms of uh, bad things being done to animals, there is uh, some point where the the puppy is thought to be dead um, and they have to bury the dog and like they do bury the dog. And like at some point, the dog uh, spoilers. Well, whatever. Uh, Zoltan bit bit, uh, the puppy. So the puppy, once he is buried in the ground, has to get out of the ground. So you see like the actual puppy that they have buried in dirt. Uh, getting oh, out yeah. of the dirt. That's true. <laughs> so. That does happen. Right? They, they, they have a scene of this dog, this-, this puppy that they've buried under the ground trying to get out. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh. So, I, I, again, I, I, that was kind of in the back of my mind the whole time. I was like, Ugh. let's talk about the puppy ending now since we're talking about the puppy. I do want to oh, say that so scene good. is genius. Like, if the rest of the movie was as good as the ending scene, that would be so good. So yeah. Zoltan bites the puppy. This is the first dog that he kills. He bites the puppy and it dies. They bury the puppy, not realizing that it's about to turn into the vampire. Then we kind of forget about the puppy. I think there's a scene of the puppy clawing its way out of the dirt, but then we, the audience, kind of forget about the puppy for a while because the focus is then on Zoltan and his adult dog army. So they kill all the dogs and the movie's over. Michael Dracula's like, okay, let's go home. And we're like, okay, cool, movie's over. And the camera gets really close to the ground and starts panning away and we're like, uh oh, something, something's gonna happen. And it starts panning over this trail of destruction. We see dead rabbits and birds with like their throats ripped out, all these bloody small animals laying on the ground. And then we keep panning, and there's the puppy. There's the puppy, <laughs> and it's evil now. And then there's a close up on the puppy with its like glowing eyes and blood red fangs, and it's so adorable. It's very Cause, cute. Cause you can tell somebody's like holding it up. So it's got that thing where it's got like that fat <laughs> neck scrunched up because someone's holding it under the shoulders. <laughs> oh god, it's so cute. Um, <laughs> and that's the ending shot. This puppy like kinda kind of making a vaguely scary face. Did you guys see that coming? Because, like, I, I oh, saw it coming. Definitely, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
when they just kind of dropped the puppy plot thread, oh, I'm like, that's good that's good he's movie. coming back. We're, we haven't seen the last of him. Don't say good movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't say good movie, I, I, please. I mean, so like the, the whole movie is just kind of them hanging out in the woods and then their their dogs keep disappearing. Oh my god! What what drove me insane is like it is mostly about um, Michael Dracula and his family in in the woods and their two dogs. And then like Zoltan tries going after the two dogs, he's not able to do it. Uh, and then he just like finds some other random camp with a dog in it, and then he bites that dog instead. Uh, I guess to help him out. And I'm like, what What are we doing here? Why are we at this random camp with the, right. these two guys? Because they needed to put some action in the movie, but they weren't ready for the Zoltan confrontation. Yeah. Yet, yeah. Is the reason and they, they did that. They couldn't have action involving the female characters. That wouldn't be right. They yeah. needed to mm. take some random men and put it in this movie. Not to, not to be like that again, but like, it really is striking how it's like, they just fully write out half the characters that we become right. familiar with. Just to focus on, like, the tension between, like, these nobodies and the protagonist yeah. and, like, the horror of the dog. It's, Even it, I, outside of, like, a, like a social perspective of, like, writing out the woman, um, it, it makes the movie worse. You, it makes the movie you, worse. You get rid of the stakes. So, Michael's daughter gets attacked by a dog once. Only once. The dogs do not like impact his family in any way other than that as soon so at, at maybe like maybe the two-thirds mark of the movie we're not quite into the third act yet um jose ferrer the the soviet inspector shows up and he's like mm. michael dracula you're the descendant of a dracula we need to go kill these dogs before they kill you he doesn't know that they're dogs yet but he's like we need to go kill these vampires before they kill you and michael dracula who's been attacked by dogs like the day earlier doesn't think like oh maybe the vampires are dogs now it doesn't occur to him anyway they go looking for vampires and michael dracula sends his family away so they're just not in the rest of the movie there's no scene where he like he's like oh my god i have to save my family from the dogs like you would expect that to happen but it never does he says you guys need to get out of here and then they get out of there, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, so there's like there's no like strong stakes, you know? Yeah. As soon as it just becomes the two of them, it's it's just very boring right. and like yeah. I don't know. They get trapped in a house where the dogs like they attack the house from the outside, and it's just <laughs> it's the dogs so... like biting and scratching the wood, and they try it's to make so it scary, bad. like there's any risk the dogs are gonna get in. And of course, because it's a movie, they write it so the dogs do break in. But like, oh, as a watcher, oh you're just looking at them like like they're just scratching around at this structure. This is not okay. scary. So something to note about that when he does break in. So I, I believe it's Zoltan who's digging on the roof trying to get through. Um, and what happens is he he breaks through the roof, but there's like there's a ceiling so what what actually happens is like he falls through the ceiling separate from the roof, <laughs> which I was like, wait a second. Yeah, wait. He's a heavy That's dog. True. That does happen. <laughs> uh, there's yeah, so many so. good scenes and or sorry, so many good shots in that scene where there's like a hole in the wall and some guy is outside holding a dog, sticking its paw through the hole. Oh, oh yeah. I remember that. I have a note about that. <laughs> oh, so good. Here's doggy. <laughs> one the one scene the one scare that did kind of get me i thought was a little bit effective because again being attacked by big scary dogs is just kind of gonna be scary even if it's not done very well 
because that's just a scary thing being attacked by big dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene where that I think is that it's most effective is when he's in the convertible and he's trying to raise the convertible roof, but it's like the slowest convertible ever. <laughs> and these dogs are oh, charging yes, at him. Yes. That scene is pretty good. And then yes, he, fin- he finally does get the convertible roof up right as the dogs are pouncing at his car. I think even one of them gets yeah. his foot caught in the roof and has to remove yep. it. And he drives away. And then he sees Samson, the one dog that hasn't been turned into a vampire yet. And he's like, get in, Samson. Get in, boy. Samson jumps in. They escape the dogs. And then it turns out Samson was turned into a vampire off screen. So there's like this jump scare where all of a sudden it's attacking him. And that's pretty good. I like that. Yeah, that's true. I liked that as well. I, I, I love the part where it's like the, the convertible var- barely closes in time. But the, the p- part you forgot to mention is it takes like two minutes for his car to start up. So it's just <laughs> oh, like forgot him about fighting that. away. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really long and dull. So immediately it's okay. ruined um yeah cool. very cool <laughs> so uh but uh, other than that like the part before that that's probably the best part of the movie um in my opinion that's like the one good scare in the film mm-hmm. great film really great film yeah i i enjoyed watching both of them i just thought zoltan was a bad movie yeah zoltan's the tor- the movie the, some of these movies that we will watch in the future do really feel like torture this one yeah, okay not really it's just kind of boring but yeah i had a little bit of fun uh, looking at dogs and stuff oh yeah i think the the main problem is just that it's very repetitive otherwise i mean i i like the dogs i like the uh not dracula um yeah, I like that their last names are Drake. I don't know. <laughs> what I would the... have done is instead of them. So the movie has kind of a formula until Jose Ferrer shows up. And then he's like, we got to go hunt these vampires. And that's what the the rest of the movie is. But like the first two yeah. thirds of the movie are Michael and his family during the day. And at the night, there's a vampire encounter. The mm-hmm. dog either attacks them or it attacks the hunters nearby. It attacks their puppy. It does something. Then it's the next day. They're just hanging out. They're not scared or anything. Then night comes as another vampire encounter. And it does that for like three days in the woods. What I would have done is I would have had like, you know, sometimes vampires can survive in sunlight, right? They do that sometimes. I would have had these dogs like stalking them like through the woods. And that's what the movie is. Uh. And so, and so there's not this de-escalation every time day comes up. And, and also there's stuff happening. There's not like, like seven minute segments where the family's like looking for a puppy in the woods and that's all that's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when, then when Jose Ferrer shows up, it's like, these dogs have been hunting you. Now it's time to go hunt them. <laughs> uh, you I, know? I think another problem with that is that like the, the character of the vampire hunter just appears he he appears in the first like 20 minutes of the movie and then he's gone for like yeah 30 40 minutes they, and then he comes back they, it, it they, could have been like they do cut back to him occasionally he's like asking their neighbors where michael is yeah but it's um and every time they do like a, this really good music plays this film has a great <laughs> score and it only oh, plays yeah. when this guy is on screen but the music's really good uh but I, yeah I, he he shows up for like a minute tops and then it cuts back to them again he doesn't really do anything until the third act the, the music that plays when they first go to the woods is so bad. I, I remember it's just like, uh, what did I write about it? The stock road trip music. Yeah, uh, that wasn't mo- as good. But the yeah. the like 
like the 70s 80s like synth uh that plays when jose ferrer is on screen i like that <laughs> yeah it's good yeah, yeah i agree there's also there's also one scene where he's talking to the neighbor he's just like oh where where did the drakes go and she's like yeah they went uh in the woods with their camper and he's like camper yes of course i know what that means and I, I don't, I don't know what that that like is trying to imply. He's supposed to be from like Romania or Russia, because he's coming from the Soviet soldiers. Uh, Romania wasn't part of the Soviet Union, but I don't think the people who made this movie knew that, even though this took place during that time period. Whoops. Uh, but um. I think he's supposed to be from Romania or Russia or something. So he's but the idea is when she says camper, he has to stop for a minute and think like, oh yes, I know what that means. But he has like a perfect American accent. Uh, yeah. so it doesn't really work. Yeah. 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 It just reads like he's kind of an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> this camper, the camper you speak of. Oh yes, yes. I understand now. Camper. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's just uh... strokes chin. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and also the way that they're like, oh yeah, they went to to visit their favorite lake. You can just drive around and you'll find them. That that was basically the advice that she gave the <laughs> yeah. inspector to find the family. Yeah. Um, least helpful person ever, possibly. I don't know. I should add. Um, we I mentioned it before that it doesn't occur to them that the dogs are vampires for a while. Um. Michael Dracula doesn't realize that the dog is Dracula's dog until like maybe the last 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly he has a realization where he's like, hold on. I saw that picture of a very similar dog hanging out with my great grandpappy Dracula. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and so for like the last 10 minutes of the movie, they're like, oh, these are vampire dogs. There's even a scene. After the dogs attack the house, we talked about, right? The next morning, all the dogs leave because it's daylight. And Michael Dracula and Jose Ferrer come out and they're talking about like, boy, that sure was weird. Those dogs attacked us. Well, anyway, let's go back and look for the vampires. Yeah, right. <laughs> God. <laughs> Don't watch this I movie. Might, I might be brain farting, but does does Count Dracula, like the original, have a first name? In the movie, his name is Igor Dracula. I remember thinking that's funny. That they look at oh, his team okay. and it says Igor Dracula on it. Oh yeah, no, that that's what I was trying to remember because we have Michael Dracula, but I don't know what the OG Dracula was called. Right. Okay, right. got it. Michael Dracula is a great name, though. I do like Michael <laughs> Dracula really being his name. <laughs> I'm just gonna go through my notes, mention the things I haven't talked about yet. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, sure. There's a really great line I like where one of the Soviet soldiers, all the Soviet soldiers have American accents, by the way. They uncover this tomb. They go in. There's these big stone coffins lining the walls. And one of the soldiers says, huh, looks like a giant tomb. It probably was. <laughs> wow. Did, didn't you already mention that? Uh, I didn't mention that line, no. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I must have. And this is after that they said that. After that they said that the blasts dug up a Dracula tomb, right? This, this is, is before after that. that. This is before okay. that. This is like one of okay. the first lines in the movie. They, he looks down and he's looking at what is obviously a tomb. There's coffins everywhere. And he's like, looks like a big tomb. It probably was. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I did um, write down 
also what you just said the underground blasting uncovered a dracula tomb <laughs> i also that wrote that down <laughs> yeah one of the notes i've written down which i don't really remember is i wrote <laughs> i wrote experimental dog slash <laughs> i can't even say it um experimental what? dog slash nature montage <laughs> what i don't know what you could be talking about with that <laughs> I, it must have been near the end um i don't know I have no idea. Nature montage. Um, I wrote down Cal Worthington and his dog Spot. <laughs> I don't remember anyone saying that in the movie. Why did I write that down? I just want um, the folks at home, if anyone is listening to this, to know that there is a, a fun drinking game that you can play oh, for no. this movie that will get you wasted in the first half and then you'll be bored in the second. Drink every time they say Zoltan. The first like ten words in this movie, um, I think after the the excavation scene, are like Zoltan, Zoltan. You could make a Zoltan. You could make a compilation of Reggie Nalder's character with his, this blank just face, saying just, Zoltan. just saying psycho like tele- telepathically <laughs> Zoltan, Zoltan, and it would be like five minutes long. And then, no, Zoltan! Zoltan, you mustn't! Zoltan! <laughs> Zoltan, there's still yeah. time! It's not dawn! Zoltan! Yeah, give it, give it a try. Give it a try at home. Um, it's very fun. I didn't do it, but I will next time I watch it, that's for sure. I will need it. The last note I wrote down that I think is really important that we haven't mentioned yet is Michael Dracula kisses his children on the mouth. Oh, yeah! That's true! <laughs> What a freak! <laughs> uh, sort of a Tom Brady. Uh, and my my final note is what what was their plan going in the the cabin with one exit? Like what what was their goal? Like they just go to the the cabin with one door to hide out from the Draculas. So like I just don't understand. Also, there's a bunch of like canned food in that cabin that they just found randomly. Did they bring it in there? Did was it already thought, there? It looks no, brand I might be new. misremembering. I thought Jose Ferrer prepared that cabin already. The, oh, okay, no, could, no, no, no. Okay, yeah, no, you're right. But it just seems they're only in there for like one night. <laughs> That's yeah. true too. That's <laughs> it's it's like... weird. <laughs> Uh, it's set up like they're gonna be living there for a while and instead you know they get attacked yeah. by dogs and they're like huh that was weird and they ditch it yeah um are you guys um, done talking about dracula's dog yes please please I, yeah so now we get to do everyone's favorite part we rate the movies we use a 10 bat scale 10 bats is the best one bat is the worst uh easily convertible to letterbox five stars so um but they're different they're bats but yeah. they're different they're bats Mario, what would you give Dracula 1931? I would give it six bats out of ten. Okay. Uh, Desmond, what would you give Dracula 1931? I would give Dracula 1931 eight bats out of ten. Very good for an old movie. Not usually my, my taste, but I thought there was a lot of cool stuff about it. Very interesting. I gave it seven bats out of ten. <laughs> nice. <laughs> because I... I thought it... They call you centrist Harrison. I thought it was... Uh, I, I'm very centrist. I thought it was sort <laughs> of... Um, I think it's very gloomy. It's very atmospheric. It looks beautiful. Um, Bela Gossi's great. Edward Von Sloan is great. Dwight Fry is great. But 
I've talked about my issues with like the plot structure and the way it's laid out and the way it's paced. Mm. And I just, I can't, I can't really love it because of that. Yeah, I give it yeah. a strong seven bats. So we, we could, we could average that out to a nice uh, seven out of 10 bats for the three of us. But I, I think I'd prefer it if we did 21 out of 30 bats as our final score. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm with that. 21 out of 30. <laughs> are we are we going to be adding our scores together? Is that how this works? Yeah, 21 out of 30 pads. That's our final score of Dracula. Okay. Well, <laughs> are we really? Is that how we're doing this? Yeah, Zoltan, what do you think? Yes, <laughs> Zoltan. What okay, are we so I guess for the, for, the purpo- for the purpose of ranking these, because we will rank them as we go, I guess we're doing it out of 30? Okay. <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> how else would we do it i thought we would just average it but this is fine <laughs> no i i think it's funnier if we just do out of 30 bats like that's our <laughs> that's our scoring chart. okay sure cinematography okay. out of five bats acting out of five bats <laughs> Uh, so that's 21 out of 30. Great. <laughs> this, is a, this is a 21 bat film. <laughs> Certified 21 <laughs> bat <laughs> film. That's, uh, okay, oh Mary, what do you think of Dracula's dog? Um, I give it a four bats. Okay. Um, do you want to elaborate on that? I it's It's like, it's just boring. It's not like horrible. I, yeah. I was going to give it in five and, until the third act just kind of mm. was like, ugh. But it's just like fine, mostly boring, kind of bad, uh, animal cruelty, etc. Right. So four bats. Right. I gave it three bats. Um, it's I, I have to agree okay. with three. You also gave it three. It's a very, yeah. very, very bare minimum movie. It's not mm. painful to watch, but it's not really good either. There's some very specific scenes that I enjoy. And so, three bats. All right, so that's 10 out of 30 bats. <laughs> and Desmond also gave yeah. it three. Is there anything else you'd like to say about yeah. dog? I think I've said everything. Um, I hated the writing. I hated the characters. The only part that I liked was the dogs. Um, so the dogs, I give it... I guess there were more than three dogs, but it gets... Three bats for... Like four the, dogs. Uh, the three the amount of dogs. Yeah, like four dogs. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it three dogs. I'm gonna call it the the two dogs that the family has, and then the the and then Zoltan. The other the side character dog doesn't count. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you're gonna give it three dogs out of ten bats. Out of ten bats. Yes. <laughs> What's yeah. the conversion okay. from dog to bat? It's just so weird. <laughs> it's one to one. Okay. So this is a, this is a ten bat movie out of thirty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> out of thirty. Yeah. <laughs> Zoltan gets 10 bats. <laughs> Out of 30. Okay, I, 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 we have um, two more things to do. We have two more things to do. We have to do the drack off, which is... We have to drack off, to you guys. Off, yeah. We have to decide... So we're going to do another ranking. In addition to ranking the movies as we do this podcast, we want to rank which Dracula is the strongest Dracula. For Dracula's dog, I don't think we take Dracula. I think we take Dracula's dog, right? Because he's like the main uh, Dracula of the movie. So... Could Dracula's dog beat Dracula of Dracula 1931 in a fight, do you think? No. Is, no. No, hell no. Is Absolutely Dracula not. 1931 the master of Dracula's dog? No. 
No, because that's a different okay. universe. That's a different. Hmm. That's that's different th- see, uh, Igor Dracula is different. Right, he's his okay. own guy. But still, Dracula nineteen thirty one could handily defeat Dracula's dog. Dracula's dog yes. basically kills himself at the end of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess I guess that's true. But like, it's not like it's not like Dracula could use a cross to get him off the cliff or anything. No, he just like, turns into a wolf. Or just the fact that he's a human and he can pick up a gun. Or- <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, I guess that's true. Well, he's not I, a human; he's I, a vampire. But you know what I mean. He's human I was warrior. honestly going to say uh, Zoltan at first, but you, you guys have convinced me. Yeah, Zoltan has Dracula. the benefit of being a big, strong, fast dog, but yeah, but yeah. Dracula has the wits. You know, if Zoltan mm-hmm. didn't have Reggie Nelder telling him "Go, Zoltan, go," Zoltan wouldn't know what to do. He's just a stupid dog. Hmm. Okay. Uh. And that leads us to our most important thing. Yeah, I want you guys to know, audience, that I don't like this one. That uh, doesn't yeah. matter. Your opinion Harrison, has been noted. Harrison doesn't it's not a want joke. This. It's not a bit. <laughs> it's just a, it's just words that you say. It's not like really anything. Harrison's I think trying the Dracula to shut us of down. the day is is uh, Zoltan. I think Dr- Zoltan is our Dracula. No, whoa, of the day. whoa, 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 That's not how Dracula. See, Desmond, you don't understand Dracula of the day, and that might be why you don't hate it as much as I do. Um, okay, Mario, so- why don't you pick the first Dracula of the day, <laughs> and Desmond will know how much it sucks. <laughs> no one's even introduced Dracula of the day. So, Dracula of the day is is a a. a an event Don't do this. where we each Don't do we, this. we name a Dracula. Not each of us, but it'll be like rotating. So next time, I don't know. It, it'll be Desmond. We'll we'll, we'll give De- Desmond a shot. But today, today it's going to be me. I'm going to pick the Dracula of the day. Um, and I think it's going to have to be Roger Roger Pancake Dracula. I think oh, that's gonna have to be yeah, you're right. Not, yeah, that's nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, you you're right. said words. <laughs> you just said a name. All right, yeah. that's been Dracula's curse. So <laughs> our, our our first ever Dracula of the day uh, will be Roger Pancake's Dracula. Uh, I hope that fits, um, you know, this initial Dracula podcast. I hope you all like that. I liked it. <clears throat> I liked it a lot. I feel like that's the perfect place to end. Yeah. Um, oh, we should announce our next movie. So we're going to record these every two weeks, I think. Or we might record them sooner than that i don't know but we're going to release them every two weeks and um if you would like to watch along with us you can i wouldn't say you have to most of these movies are pretty bad and you probably don't want to watch them um also if you're not like a super dracula like super fan you might not care but just in case we should talk about the next movie which is dracula 1958 also known as horror of dracula that's the american title the very first hammer dracula film the other classic dracula movie with christopher lee just gonna do one movie from now on <laughs> um forever yeah goodbye good evening i am dracula thank you for listening to my podcast If you enjoyed it, maybe consider recommending it to a friend, or giving us a nice rating wherever you listen. Our theme song is by August Janklo, our logo is by Matt Bear and our own Daismond. You can find Mario's Theme Park YouTube channel in the description below. I am Dracula. Ah, ah, ah.